there and welcome to the Little Yarrow podcast. My name is Kate, I'm a naturopath and postpartum doula here to share with you ancient wisdom for modern mothers. Welcome Sophie, I'm so glad to have you here. For those of you who don't know Sophie, she is a postpartum doula and a Pilates instructor from Melbourne. Sophie, welcome. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hello, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I, well, you said it, I am a postpartum doula. So that means I support uh, mothers, new mothers after their baby is born in their homes and I care for them. I cook them food and I'm also a shiatsu therapist. So I um, help them care for their body and give them shiatsu, which is a form of Japanese massage. And I'm also a Pilates teacher. So I've been a Pilates teacher since 2004 and um, have a lot of experience working with bodies. And I guess it was after having my children that I became very interested in helping care better for mothers' bodies because I feel like actually there's a, a not a lot of support that mums get in terms of helping their body recover after having a baby. Mm, yeah, that's why I really wanted to get you on here today actually for this episode which is all about postpartum um, pelvic health because I think it's something that we don't really talk about like even amongst close kind of friends and, you know, you might have some really nice close mum friends and it still feels even with our friends, it can be a little bit of a taboo kind of topic to discuss and, you know, people keep it very private and often even don't go and seek help from professionals because they're not quite sure what's normal or what's not, you know, they think maybe, you know, certain things that are going on might just be normal to experience after you have babies. And I feel like there's just not enough conversation around what to um, expect after having your baby in terms of um, pelvic health and maybe signs of what might not be right and things you can do. I just feel like it's just a whole topic that really um, we just don't have much awareness around it. And so I really wanted to chat to you today so that we can have this conversation even about things that some people might feel a bit too embarrassed to ask um, about mm. um, I thought that this would be a great um, place uh, for people to get the kind of information that they need. So to start off, how about we talk a bit about um, what kind of um, issues do you generally see with your doula clients as well as in the Pilates studio? Like what are the most common kind of issues when it comes to postpartum um, pelvic health? Well, um, with the postpartum doula clients, it's, I'm often looking after them very early after they've given birth. So I'll often visit them, you know, sometimes if they've had a home birth, I might be there the day after they've given birth or sometimes women will wait a little longer and I'll be there more like a week after. But it's still fairly early in that, you know, really early postpartum period and then I'll support them for a few weeks or even months after that. But what, and so what the mums are often really struggling with is just the really early healing. Um, so how their pelvic floor and their perineum is healing after they've given birth. Um, and often they've had some stitches um, that may have been for some tearing or sometimes for an episiotomy or if they've had a difficult or a traumatic birth or even if they haven't maybe they just feel like they're really uncomfortable 
through their pelvic floor. So there's that sort of initial healing aspect. Um, but then also a lot of the mums that I work with are really concerned about leaking and prolapse. And mm-hmm. a lot of the mums that I work with, I talk to about the symptoms of prolapse and what's normal and what's not postnatally, because I feel like, just like you said, you know, it's a bit of a taboo topic. Women can often feel quite um, embarrassed um, and perhaps even ashamed if they're having pelvic floor um, issues and it's a real shame because it's it's not uncommon at all it affects a lot of women and actually that's one of the reasons I got into the postpartum doula work is because I see it so often in the mothers that come to Pilates postnatally and I felt like there must be a way to support them better so um, that's one of the reasons I got into supporting mums as a postpartum doula is because actually part of the healing for the pelvic floor is that rest period. So, you know, that period of the first 40 days of really deep and profound rest. So I really encourage the mums I work with to prioritise rest and resting as much as they can lying down so that they're taking the pressure off of the pelvic floor and taking the pressure off of all those muscles that have been stretched and the ligaments that have been stretched and they need time to heal. And even if women have given birth by a caesarean section, those muscles and ligaments were stretched during pregnancy as well. So they still need to really ideally rest in those uh, early six weeks and um, take care not to overexert themselves because often women will get through birth okay, but then it's in that postpartum period where there's that sort of often unspoken expectation that they should just be able to bounce back or get back to normal and then they want to, um, you know, they might lift something heavy and that's too much pressure that goes down into their pelvis and pelvic floor and then some women will say, oh, yeah, I actually I felt something sort of happen down there and um, they actually, they'd gotten through the birthday okay, but it was that lack of um, care and rest and support and nurture in the postpartum period that meant that, they were lifting something heavy when they probably shouldn't have been and that is what contributed to their issues of pelvic floor dysfunction. So I, I guess I spend a lot of time in those early weeks helping women remember that it's re- it's important to rest and why and also helping them identify the symptoms of prolapse, which is a feeling of heaviness in the pelvic floor region or sometimes it might feel achy in the pelvic floor region or like a dragging sensation. Mm. And they, they're they like quite common postnatally. And a lot of mums, when I'm working with them, they'll be like, they won't really think of it as being um, something that they need to look out for because they do feel uncomfortable postnatally, you know, because things are swollen um, and tender, but then they think, oh, I'll just go and cook dinner because, you know, the family needs to eat. But then they'll get halfway through dinner and they'll feel really heavy through their pelvic floor region. And so my advice is always, well, that's that's a sign that you need to rest and you need to um, ideally rest lying down if you can. And I know it's not always possible because mums are busy and they've got other um, family members to look after, possibly other children. And, you know, they it's, it's a big cultural issue then, isn't it, because... If she hasn't been able to organise the support she needs, then how can she rest? And that's why I guess I support a lot of mums to figure out how they're going to rest postnatally so that they can protect their pelvic floor from damage and also promote healing of their pelvic floor in that postnatal period. 
Yeah, I remember. So um, Sophie was actually my postpartum doula for my second um, son. And I remember actually, Sophie, because first time around, I didn't experience anything like that. Um, but second time around, I remember I kept saying to you, like, I couldn't really find the words to explain because it was different to me. I didn't have this experience first time, but I just do you remember me saying to you, oh, I feel this strange, it's like a pressure kind of feeling. Like, yeah. It's like this heavy dull. And I was really like confused because I didn't have that first time around. And remember you explaining it to me, it's probably, um, yeah, just the pressure on the yeah. pelvic floor. You saying get down on the ground and try and take the, um, you know, like in a cat pose, yeah. like a yoga cat pose, and take that pressure off. So can some women find that, um with each subsequent baby it can get worse well I think so because you know your muscles and your ligaments get a little bit more stretched each time um you are pregnant and each time you give birth so I think it might be something that happens maybe more like you you described you felt it you didn't feel it second time you sorry you didn't feel it first time but you did feel it second Mm -hmm. time um, but I also think there's like an element of um, whether or not the mum has uh, taken time or learned how to rehabilitate her pelvic floor and her deep abdominals so that then as she goes through the second or subsequent pregnancies, then her body is strong enough and um, resilient enough to manage those um, with with, I suppose, less injury. And also I feel like, you know, mum life is intense. So, you know, when you're pregnant with your second or your third or your fourth baby, probably you have a toddler or other small children and, you know, you might be lifting a lot through the pregnancy. And so that sometimes, you know, so, so lifting something heavy is often going to put pressure down into the pelvic floor. Not always. It depends on how your body is coordinating so how your pelvic floor and how your deep abdominals are coordinating and supporting but that's what I feel like you know when I'm in the Pilates studio with new mums I spend a lot of time with them helping them to figure out where is their um, limit of what they can safely lift to um, be able to support their pelvis using their core muscles so pelvic floor and deep abdominals without overloading them so there's a difference between you know connecting those muscles to support the pelvis or if the mum is sort of pushing out into the abs and bearing down into the pelvic floor, which is one way of creating a feeling of strength, but it's also creating sort of um, a bracing out or a bearing down feeling, which puts a lot of pressure through those um, ligaments and muscles which are already stretched during pregnancy and then um, during birth and quite lax postnatally. Yeah, what do you? What would you say then about mums who go back to exercise quite soon after having their baby and are doing things like weight, um, weight bearing exercise, like with um, you know, say they want to get back to the gym and they want to be li- lifting heavy weights. Um, what do you think about that in terms of the effect on the pelvic floor? Well, I think about it in terms of an injury. So I think people don't really think of pregnancy and birth as being injurious or like an injury to the body. So, you know, there can be definite injuries that happen during birth, you know, if there's a severe tear or something, and that's like a 
sort of a whole nother rehab um, rehabilitation process that needs to happen with that. But, you know, assuming there's no tearing or very mild tearing, then postnatally women will often come back into the Pilates studio and they want to work quite strongly with their body at sort of at the point where they were before they became pregnant. And so I feel like um, I often have to talk a lot about, well, actually, you know, your body's still healing and it's healing as if from an injury. So I actually looked after a mum recently who was a really lovely mum and she um, gave birth, I don't know, probably it was in June this year, I think. But she um, actually injured, she rolled her ankle during pregnancy and so after she rolled her ankle, so she twisted her ankle, she was on crutches, she had a bandage, she was told to keep off her ankle for six weeks and not walk on it. Um, and then she had like some physio to rehabilitate it. And so I guess I sort of think about that model being used for women postnatally. So, you know, after you give birth, there's the six weeks of immediate healing, of rest, where you stay off of your, you know, stay off of the upright position. So you're lying down and resting the pelvic floor muscles. But then there's a period of rehabilitation and I feel like that bit gets, gets missed out a lot. So mums often just want yeah. to go back to, like I said, the exercise they were doing prenatally. But that period of rehabilitation is really important because, you know, the muscles, the ligaments have been so stretched and they need to come back into right tension so that they can activate effectively and stabilize the pelvis really safely and support the pelvic floor really safely so then they need to often they need to be strengthened but also often they need to be coordinated with how the the breath is moving through the body and the diaphragm is moving through the body and then how the body is working when as a more difficult movement or a stronger movement is is added because what I often find is okay I'll teach mums how to get their pelvic floor and deep abdominals active and activated when they're laying on their back but then I'll get them up onto all fours and I'll ask them to do the same exercise and they have to relearn it all over again and then I'll get them to sitting or standing and it's like their body's forgotten how to do that activation so then they have to learn it all over again and then I'll get them you know lifting something um, mildly heavy and I'll get them to figure out are they still able to contract their core system or have they gone into sort of like a bracing or bearing down activation so I feel like often there's like a fairly I think it for some people that can feel quite slow and long but it's really strategic and really progressive so that they can go back to whatever their favorite exercise is really safely without the sort of fears or concerns of uh, creating injury or, um, you know, having things like leaking or pelvic pain or prolapse. Because I think one of the really important things is helping mums understand how to work with their body so that, you know, if they want to go back to lifting weights in the gym, well, are they able to know when it's just the right amount, they're able to maintain their core system and core work, and then if they add a little bit more load or weight, can they feel if it's too much? Because you want to stay within the zone where your core system is managing to stay connected rather than starting to push down, leak, create that aching that we were describing through the pelvic floor. So, so pain, 
general pelvic pain, does that usually indicate prolapse or could that be something else? Well, pain, like some people do have pain with prolapse, but not everyone has pain with prolapse. So some people don't have any symptoms at all, I think, um, with a prolapse. Sometimes a prolapse can be there, but there's no symptoms at all and it doesn't cause any troubles. But for other people there is a, a degree of prolapse and it does cause troubles. So it's really individual to each mum and that's why getting support from a professional is really important, particularly if you're having any symptoms like leaking or pain. Um, and there's also health. as well. Sorry, what was that? So leaking can be a sign of prolapse Yeah, leaking well. is often a sign of prolapse, but leaking can also be a sign of a two-type pelvic floor, <laughs> which is um, something that I think people are surprised can be possible after giving birth. But um, you can have a tight pelvic floor that isn't necessarily strong, so you can, your pelvic floor can be tight and weak at the same time. And if you have a tight pelvic floor, mm -hmm. often it will show up symptoms similar to what you might get if you had a weak pelvic floor. So you might get leaking if you have a tight pelvic floor as well. And that's why, you know, I think it's... What's that, sorry? What can cause a tight pelvic floor? Well, um, lots of different things. And one of the things that can cause a tight pelvic floor is anxiety about a prolapse. So, you know, that feeling of um, that achiness feeling or, you know, if, a, if someone's worried that they have a prolapse or they might have a prolapse and then they are sort of subconsciously holding on tightly through the pelvic floor muscles all the time to stop things falling down. Mm -hmm. And so that, that can be one cause of um, a tight pelvic floor. Um, and that can you do too many kegel exercises during pregnancy and that can cause uh, the muscles to be too yes tight? thank you yes um so there's certainly a lot of emphasis i think um on women doing kegel exercises so if you don't know what kegel exercises mm -hmm. are they're those pelvic floor exercises where you close and lift your pelvic floor which might be appropriate for some people but they're not necessarily appropriate for all people because if someone already has a tight pelvic floor then doing more kegels mm -hmm. will create more tightness but also there's I think a lot of advice gets given around oh you know make sure you do your pelvic floor exercises when you're breastfeeding or when you're stopped at the traffic lights or you know do as many as you can but the thing is that the pelvic floor is just like any other muscle in your body it needs to both contract it needs to be able to both contract and release and so if you don't release your pelvic floor then um, you'll start to get a tight pelvic floor so doing too many sort of close and lift type actions in an attempt to strengthen the pelvic floor can certainly lead towards like um, a tightness through the pelvic floor, which then can cause other problems. So tightness through the pelvic floor can contribute to prolapse and can contribute to pelvic pain and can contribute to things like hemorrhoids or fissures, anal fissures, or just hip pain. So like that tightness through the pelvic floor 
um, can cause all sorts of different things or um, contribute to all sorts of different things. And so one of the things I really love helping women to do is just learning how to relax their pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah. And we, so for those who maybe don't know, can you just give an explanation of like what is a prolapse? Like what is the definition of what's actually gone mm. wrong? Well, a prolapse is a pelvic organ prolapse, so often gets shortened to POP, so POP. But a pel pelvic organ prolapse is when some of the organs, one or maybe more of the organs inside the pelvis, um, they, they move out of their ideal or optimal alignment. And so it could affect like the bladder or the bowel or um, the uterus or even the vaginal walls. So um, there can be, um, and sometimes it can affect all of them or sometimes it might just affect one of those different organs. And so they there's degrees of prolapse and so you know most postnatal women will have a degree of prolapse and that seems to be considered to be fairly normal with time what was that sorry resolve itself just with time and healing if it's well, just minimal there's a there's from what i understand um the general consensus is that prolapse doesn't really resolve with time, but other people say that it it does resolve uh, or it can resolve to a degree, but not normally by itself. So normally there needs to be some sort of support for the woman. So that could be seeing a women's health physio or a holistic pelvic care practitioner or someone who is, um, you know, specially trained in caring for women and their bodies um, postnatally. And then also I, I, what I work with is like how the body moves and because often it's one of the things that I, I notice is that there's often a, it's a, it's a strategy of movement that, that women have. And so you know, like when before I was saying they might, so say you want to lift your toddler up and you hold your toddler up. When you're doing that, are you connecting your pelvic floor and um, lifting it in and up and that connects with your deep abdominals and stabilises in and around your pelvis? Or as you do the lift of your toddler, and toddlers are quite heavy, aren't they? So as you lift your toddler are you sort of pushing out into your belly or into your abs and pushing or bearing down into your pelvic floor a little bit? And a lot of women um, find it quite hard to feel the difference between those two activations. And it's a really important activation to notice because one is going to help to support the pelvis, the pelvic floor and the prolapse, and the other is going to um, contribute towards preventing it from healing or even making it worse. And so whilst, you know, there's this idea that if you do lots of pelvic floor exercises, then the, the pelvic floor will hold up the prolapse. It's not really as simple as that. It's about how the pelvic floor muscles coordinate with the abdominals and with the diaphragm and how all of that um, coordinates together and then how all of that interacts with the rest of the body. So 
I always, uh, can I go into an, uh, an image, Kate? I always, I, I always yeah, think yeah, about the, um, the pelvic floor a little bit like, I know this sounds a bit funny, but you know, like a tent, if you've ever been camping and you know that there's, you put your tent up and there's the inner part of the tent and then you put the yeah. fly sheet out over the top of the tent and you pull it all taut and you so that the fly sheet and the inner surface of the tent aren't touching and um but after a few days it all gets a bit tired and it sags down a bit does that make sense so far and so then the fly sheet yeah. often starts to touch the inner surface of the tent and you know then when it starts to rain <laughs> if the fly sheet is touching the tent then it will leak the tent will leak but you don't go inside the tent and prop the tent up from inside, do you? No, you go outside and no. you pull the fly sheet taut with all the guy ropes and pegging the fly sheet out a little bit more tightly. Does that make sense? So I always think of it like that. You have the inner the inner sort of unit of your body, the, the core system, which, yes, you want that to be like coordinated and active, but then you've got the more superficial muscles in your body, which are like the fly sheet on the tent. So you actually want them to be quite strong as well so that they sort of pull the pelvic floor or the, the organs of the pelvic floor up into place, into position. So that, and that's where I really love working with women because I feel like it's a really it's a real relief for a lot of women, I think, to think, oh, my God, I don't just have to do pelvic floor exercises. That's not the only thing. I can actually move my body and, you know, do exercise, and that's actually really healthy as well. But the key is learning how, as you're doing the exercise, how is your pelvic floor functioning inside of that? Yeah. So on that note, can you talk to us um, a bit about your course or your program, The Mother Body? And tell us a bit about um, what's involved and how people can work, work yes, with you that way. Yes, well, I run a mother body course and it's based on the principles of Pilates and within that um, it's, it's based on uh, postpartum corrective exercise. So it's very specific to the postnatal body, which is a very different body to any other body you know, um, that hasn't given birth recently or has never given birth. So I, I really focus on um, working with mothers quite deeply in terms of what I was just talking about with the pelvic floor and the tent image, you know, how can we um, activate, release the pelvic floor, activate the pelvic floor and how can we coordinate it with the rest of the core system. So it's eight weeks and the course covers six different principles so we start with breathing because breathing is key to how the pelvic floor works so there's a really beautiful synergy between how the respiratory diaphragm and the pelvic floor coordinate to one another and so oftentimes if someone has a tight pelvic floor often they'll be a bit tight through their diaphragm and particularly after giving birth you know when baby grows right up under the ribs at the end of pregnancy the diaphragm can get really tight a lot of mums feel like they can't get a good breath in. So we'll spend a lot of time in the first week 
helping the diaphragm to release and just mobilizing the body a little bit and getting the ribs moving better. And then the second week we look into alignment a lot more because it's not just about strengthening the pelvic floor. It's about how, you know, the pelvic floor relates to the rest of the body and how you're aligning your body during your everyday life impacts how your pelvic floor functions. So, you know, we look at things like what actions mums are doing in their everyday life. I'll often use, you know, that position where you're sort of um, hovering over a change table or hovering over a pram. You know, it's like a semi-squat, that slightly tilted over body, knees a little bit bent. And so I help women figure out how to be in that position safely and in a way that is um, strengthening for their core system rather than damaging. And then we look at really specifically pelvic floor and deep abdominal work. So how can you connect with your pelvic floor? How can you relax it? How can you activate it? How can you get it to um, connect with your deep abdominals? And then we look at um, managing pressure. So what happens when you add load? Are you putting the pressure through the core system in a balanced way? Or is excess pressure going out through the weakest link? Because, you know, if you're doing something effortful, then the pressure will always go out through the weakest link, whether that's the pelvic floor or sometimes it's the abdominals in mums when they have um, a diastasis or when they have a a thinning of the midline abdominal wall. So that for some mums is their weakest link. So we're looking around how they're managing pressure and if they're able to coordinate and connect and stabilize really safely and then we also look at activating the back line so that's your mid back and your glutes so strengthening the body from the back and um and then in the final week we look at um functional movement so looking at how the core system is working but in a in the functional movement because you know mums do of prams or pushing of prams or lifting of baby capsules or lifting of toddlers you know running up and down chasing their toddler or you know it's quite active being a mum I think even if you're um a newborn mum so even if you're within that first um 40 days or within that fourth trimester you're actually really active even though I know some people are going to think they're not but actually if you're holding your baby for multiple hours a day you're being really active <laughs> through your shoulder girdle and arms. It's really intense. So I guess looking at how we're using our body as mums, so the functional movements we do on a daily basis and how to do those movements really safely in a way that strengthens our body every time we do that movement rather than in a way that is hurting us. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for coming and sharing all of your amazing knowledge with us. And to access your um, website and your course, can you just tell us, is it um, bearingwonder.com? Yeah, so I have a website. It's like you said, it's bearingwonder.com. And spell that for people that might not know because they're different different types of bearing. B-E-A-R-I-N-G wonder w-o-n-d-e-r.com and also your instagram as well is the same yes it's the same same name yeah yeah 
Well, thank you so much. And I highly recommend anyone who is experiencing any of the symptoms that Sophie's spoken about today, if you're concerned um, that you might have some things going on, please go and check out Sophie's website and check out her course and um, check out her Instagram as well, where um, you're always sharing such wonderful information about a topic that's just not really spoken about very much. We don't really get much education on it during pregnancy and postpartum. So I think it's um, very important work that you're doing. So, yeah, thank you so much for Thanks so much, Kate. I really enjoyed talking to you. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sophie. Bye.